is Therapist Tiara, and I hope you had a good Labor Day week off, okay? Listen up, until this point, we've talked a lot about NPD or Narcissistic Personality Disorder on so many different levels. Whether it's related to you having an understanding about the signs of being a narcissist or what it's like to be a child of a narcissist. Oh, and let us not forget about what it's like to have a mom that's a narcissist. Y'all, this week, I want us to hone in on how to heal from emotional abuse associated with NPD. So if you're joining us in this session and you haven't checked in or haven't heard any of the previous sessions, I strongly encourage you to do so. Please know that you'll need to get caught up, okay? All right. Well, if you're ready to rock and roll, let's do it. When we're talking about emotional, physical, mental, parts of yourself from from within, listen, when we factor in emotional abuse, it can be so debilitating to all of those areas. So there's this author, her name is Beverly Engel. And, and when we talk about defining emotional abuse, she broke this thing down. If you want to learn more about her, she wrote this book and it's called The Emotionally Abusive Relationship, How to Stop Being Abused and How to Stop Abusing. Y'all, she says, and I quote, with emotional abuse, the insults, insinuations, criticisms, and accusations slowly eat away at the victim's self-esteem until he or she is incapable of judging a situation realistically. He or she may begin to believe that there's something wrong with them or even fear that they are losing their mind. They have become so beaten down emotionally and they blame themselves for the abuse. End quote. Now, I don't know who needs to hear this, but y'all, let me tell you, emotional abuse is real and it can be so traumatizing that not only you, but if you have kids, them too. Like everybody can be jacked up behind this thing. I need you to know that your trauma and that your experiences, they're valid and It's your responsibility. Like you have the opportunity to shift the narrative, not just from within, but there's a ripple effect generationally. We'll talk more about that soon though, okay? So let's start with this question. Have you ever heard of the word gaslighting? Y'all, I've connected with so many people who either are being gaslit or were gaslit in previous relationships. And y'all, guess what? They ain't even know what the word meant. They ain't know they were being gaslit. There's this author by the name of Amy Marlowe McCoy. Y'all, she's a fellow licensed professional counselor. Whoop, whoop, hey. (laughs) She wrote this amazing workbook. The name of it is called The Gaslight Recovery Workbook, Healing from Emotional Abuse. Let me tell you something. I get it. I'm an author now, but let me tell you what. When I know of something good, I don't snatch nobody else's shine. If you have experienced any level of emotional abuse, if you think you've experienced any level of emotional abuse, I strongly recommend this book. 
Not only is it rich in content, but it provides strategies really to help you to position yourself for change. You see, Amy says, gaslighting is a form of psychological and emotional abuse that causes victims to question their reality, judgment, self-perception, and in extreme situations, their sanity. Here's the deal. When it comes to recovering from being in a relationship with a narcissist, y'all, it's a process. Recovery is a process. And if you've been in a long-term relationship with a narcissist, then you know that you've experienced years of confusion, second-guessing, and feeling at times disoriented. Now, hear my heart. Being in a relationship with a narcissist for years, y'all, please know that this person more than likely had an issue with you having fun or sometimes just spending time with your family. You know what? It is imperative for in order you in order for you to enter into that um, season of total recovery it's imperative that you get a neutral outside support Um, and when I say outside I encourage you to get a licensed therapist now y'all know that's my heart that's what I speak about heavily Um, it's something about being reminded of your self-worth That's super important because a lot of times it's the self-worth that's stripped. Now, walking in your self-worth is super key. You see, the person who causes emotional abuse isn't abusive all the time. Think about it like this. A person that's emotionally abusive, they set limits. Now, this person that's emotionally abusive might say, I bought you a house. You have this entire space and you can go in the front yard and you can even go to church. But you can't visit the people who love you and who you love and who you really want to spend time with. That's toxic and that's concerning. You see, the person who experiences the emotional abuse, they get comfortable with living within these boundaries or these restraints. But understanding your self-worth, it helps you to recognize that this is a level of an emotional abuse, a level of emotional abuse. And the key is to get out of that because that's not healthy. You know, one thing that I tell clients is sometimes, a lot of the times, we have to teach people how to love us. We have to teach people how to respect our boundaries you know but a lot of times it's our boundaries that we don't understand how to respect because a lot of times we don't have them let's talk a little bit more about this you know it's pretty awesome so most of y'all know i have a toddler and he is you know, a boss when it comes to saying boundaries. We have become quite familiar with the word no in our household. Now, it's something about no that communicates. No, I'm not doing that. Or no, this, I don't want a hug right now. Or no, I I can do it myself. You know, and it's something about sometimes when we've grown up in in environments where um, 
we've been told, go and give, go and sit on his lap, go and give him a kiss, go and get, you know, we get misconstrued with our setting of boundaries. And so as adults, sometimes we have to regroup and ask ourselves, what are my boundaries? What do I like and what do I dislike? And you want to know what? These things, sometimes they evolve throughout the years. Um, so the, a boundary that you may have had as a 20-year-old, you know, may be quite different than a boundary that you have as a 30-year-old, especially if you're married with kids and, and things like that. They evolve and we have to regroup. We have to be able to take a look and say, hmm, you know what? That's not okay. That's toxic. And it's okay to say that. Listen, I get it. Emotional abuse doesn't necessarily leave physical bruises. It does, however, leave deep lingering wounds. And even if you're still in a relationship with a narcissist, I can promise you if you've had children with this person, those children are probably pretty hurt or pretty wounded because sometimes the the narcissistic person pits this person against that person. It's toxic. It's toxic. <laughs> I need to encourage you to consider meeting with the therapist. Why? Why? Why do I keep saying meet with the therapist? It's because if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist for a really long time, then I need you to know that sometimes... Our minds will tell us to stay in an emotionally abusive relationship just to keep the peace. It'll also tell our minds that, you know what, times we had some good times. It, it wasn't that bad. But when you squint your eyes and tilt your head to the side, you might start to notice that, you know what, that was divisive. You know what, just when I got happy, this person snatched the joy, sucked the joy literally out, all out of the whole situation and made it about them. You know what, manipulation. Maybe I've been manipulated for years, for years. Sitting with a therapist and dissecting even your perspective of what's normal within your home, that's key because even your norm may be toxic and you might not even be aware of it so here my heart there's no condemnation i just encourage you to have a seat process especially if some of the people that love you the most have witnessed things or shared things with you just sitting with a therapist and conversing and maybe sharing maybe just just sharing just sharing and it's okay Listen, I tell my clients all the time, listen, if you need to throw up, throw up in here. And when I say throw up, I'm not talking about throwing up. I'm talking about just vomit out like a lot of the stuff that's happening. As long as you're not at risk of hurting yourself or anybody else, this is a safe place. And I guarantee that it will be a safe place for you as well. Be encouraged. See you next week. Hey there, it's Therapist Tiara, and if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find this one and more by searching for Therapist Tiara wherever you get your podcasts. If you're still not open to seeing a therapist, trust me, I get it. I've made it easy for you to get prepared to start or think about starting therapy. 
I'd like to encourage you to check out my book, which is available on Amazon. It's called, I Need to Talk, But Not to a Therapist. Yep, you got it. It's called, I Need to Talk, But Not to a Therapist. I Need to Talk, But Not to a Therapist. Y'all, it's a user guide for people on the fence about starting therapy. I need you to know it's my heart, and I need you to remember that what's not addressed will create a mess along the generational line. Let's link arms and cleaning some stuff up that, you know, needs to be uprooted and new things that need to be planted. I look forward to seeing you in our next session. Bye.